0: emotions and potions
1: a love slash hate letter to with your hosts
0: Ashton and Alex and welcome to season two we have been on a little bit of a hiatus
1: I forgot how to do this
0: I did too I don't know what we normally say in our intros
1: I know we had to like sit down and be like so who's doing what
0: (laughs) what do we do again how do we do things again but happy new year Emotions and Potions, we're back and better than ever. We have some fantastic episodes lined up. Yes. So many good books.
1: I mean, we're kicking off episode one with a listener request we got in season one from Tatum. So
0: Shout out, Tatum. Hey. And what book is this? What are we doing for episode one?
1: We are doing Twisted Hate by Anna Wong from the Twisted series.
0: Super pumped to talk about this book with you, Alex. Yes.
1: This is book three in a four book series. All are standalones, but they are interconnected.
0: So, I guess, like, without further ado, let's
1: should, get into it. Yeah,
0: let's. What is twisted hate going to entail?
1: All right, our trigger and content warnings for this book include abusive parents, blackmail, death of a parent, death of a minor, mildly dubious consent, sexual harassment, stalking. Mild violence, graphic sexual content, enemies with benefits, enemies to lovers romance.
0: Love it. Love all of those things. Super here for it.
1: Same. (laughs) All right, Ashton, hit me with that back of the book synopsis.
0: All right. He hates her almost as much as he wants her. Gorgeous, cocky, and fast on his way to becoming a hotshot doctor, Josh Chen has never met a woman he couldn't charm. Except for Jules effing Ambrose. The beautiful redhead has been a thorn in his side since they met, but she also consumes his thoughts in a way no other woman has. When their animosity explodes into one unforgettable night, he proposes a solution that'll get her out of his system once and for all, an enemies-with-benefits arrangement with simple rules. No jealousy, no strings attached, and absolutely no falling in love. Outgoing and ambitious Jules Ambrose is a former party girl who's focused on one thing, passing the attorney's bar exam. The last thing she needs is to get involved with a doctor who puts the suffer in unsufferable, no matter how good looking he is. But the more she gets to know him, the more she realizes there's more than meets the eye to the man she's hated for so long. Her best friend's brother, her nemesis, her only salvation. Theirs is a match made in hell, and when the demons from their past catch up with them, they're faced with the truths that could either save them or destroy everything they've worked for. Twisted Hate is a steamy enemies with benefits slash enemies to lover romance. It's book three in the Twisted series, but can be read as a standalone.
1: Very nice. That was a long synopsis. It was. But I liked it. It was an entertaining one. Like It made me want to laugh at points.
0: Yeah, I like the he puts the suffer and insufferable, and then just like
1: Jules fucking Ambrose. (laughs) Like I love that
0: too. Like it was a good synopsis, and it kind of gives you an idea that of where they're standing in the relationship going into the book, and then it also kind of gives you like the dynamic you're going to get. There's also going to be some past stuff that comes into play. We don't really know what that is, but that's going to be kind of probably the breaking point or that peak point in the story.
1: I think that definitely sets the tone for like the whole story.
0: Yeah. No, I liked it. I am here for this uh, synopsis.
1: So good job. Very good job.
0: All right, Alex, let's roll right in to our potion.
1: All right. So this is called the Sweet and Salty.
0: Very on brand name.
1: (laughs) And something that the back of the book didn't touch on is our character, Jules, is obsessed with salted caramel, and Josh likes whiskey. So that is what has inspired the potion for today. It is some coffee liqueur, salted caramel whiskey cream, a splash of cream, and then uh, garnish it with some whipped cream, some caramel sauce drizzle, and like a crack of sea salt. Wow, that
0: sounds like a dessert rolled into an alcoholic beverage. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm here for it. That sounds amazing.
1: If you're a fan of salted caramel and you like the vibe of a white Russian, but with whiskey instead of vodka, give this drink a try.
0: And I have been sick recently, so I am not participating in today's drinking of the potion, but Alex so kindly shared a sip, and I will say, amazing. <laughs> I would definitely order this type of drink at like a dessert bar or something like that. It's, it's smooth but very tasty. Mm-hmm. Sweet. You have to like sweet things.
1: Yeah. It's not overly sweet though because I do think the, um, the whiskey is definitely forward. But um, since you weren't having your own full glass, I kind of made it a little more whiskey forward for myself.
0: That tracks. So, But like I said, I highly recommend this drink if you're looking for a dessert, sweeter drink. Mm.
1: Yeah, if you like a, an espresso martini or a white Russian delicious and enjoy whiskey then
0: well alex you're off to season two on a good foot with these potions you ended on a good (laughs) foot season one and you're you're continuing it over love to see it i'm here for this yes thank you you're welcome (laughs) all right so i think it's that time where we break down this twisted hate let's get into this plot breakdown all
1: right so we start off with jules An aspiring attorney in her last year at their law school is at a bar waiting on a date, and she realizes she's getting stood up. And she notices Josh, who's in his third year of residency as an ER doctor, and he is also her best friend Ava's older brother and her nemesis. He's also at this bar and also appears to be on a date. They have a sparring exchange of words as the two hate each other, and Jules, unable to tolerate Josh's presence any longer, leaves the bar thinking this day couldn't get any worse to find herself getting mugged. Josh stays at the bar, and his not date but co-worker, Clara, teases him about Jules, how pretty she is, how she gets him worked up. He shrugs her off and proceeds to flirt with another girl at the bar to wind up getting bored and ready to go home. As he's heading home and outside the bar, he stumbles on Jules, who has unarmed her mugger and now has the gun on him. Jules and Josh continue their verbal sparring match, which confuses the mugger who thinks they're together or at least banging. And after dealing with the police, Josh makes sure Jules gets home safely. Cut to Ava's birthday and her boyfriend, Alex, from book one. And friends have decided to throw her a surprise party. And even their friend, Bridget, who is now queen... Oh, yeah, they're friends with a princess, by the way, if you haven't read
0: And that's book two. Mm -hmm. Bridget's is book two, and she is a princess.
1: (laughs) And her fiancé, Reese, who was her former bodyguard, were able to make it. And she's like queen of a fake country in Europe. It gave me very much like princess diaries.
0: Oh, for sure. Vibes. Yeah, like Anne Hathaway. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. So, of course, this party is getting a lot of media attention that this queen is there. Jules and Stella, who is another one of the girls in the friend group, and Jules' roommate, have been looking for a new place to live, and Reese helps them out by securing a meeting with his friend, Christian Harper, who owns the building, and he also owns the security company that Reese used to work for in his bodyguarding duties. At the party, Ava invites Jules and Josh to join her and Alex for a weekend ski getaway in Vermont, as she's been trying to rekindle the friendship between her boyfriend and brother for quite some time. Their friendship fell apart in book one, and Jules and Stella were about to secure a unit in Christian's building at a very reduced rent price, because this is like...
0: Uppity. Yeah. yeah. Like, Very upscale. Yeah.
1: And he may have been making eyes at Miss Stella. And that's probably why they got the reduced rent. Jules gets a job working as a research assistant at Legal Health Alliance Clinic. And she'll be working there until she passes the bar and can continue on with like, and can become an attorney at the law firm she's been like working and interning with while in law school.
0: Like she was interning, she got the job, but she couldn't physically start until she passes the bar. Yes. Yeah. So it's like her job's on hold, but so she, she needs something.
1: Exactly. Josh also volunteers there part-time. One day they are in the office at the same time and agree to a truce, and now it's time for the ski weekend. After a resort reservation mix up, Josh and Jules are forced to share a room and a bed. Josh winds up helping Jules learn to ski, which goes well until it doesn't. Jules winds up getting her period early and she has endometriosis, which leads to very painful periods. And Josh goes into doctor mode and helps give her some relief. He's actually quite sweet.
0: Yeah, this was actually a really nice scene. I was like, oh, that's like really caring and very doctorly of him to yeah. be like, I hate this person, but they're in pain. And I, can I can't help. see this. Help. Yeah, and I can help them.
1: The next day, Ava and Jules spend the day together at the spa, forcing the boys into much needed bonding time which is quite awkward and forced. During the trip Jules gets a text from her ex Max stating they need to talk and we learn that he has a blackmail tape of Jules. She fears her past is finally starting to catch up with her. Throughout the truce Josh and Jules have started to develop a hateful camaraderie which leads to them going out with coworkers for drinks like happy hour and then finally giving into temptation and sleeping with each other. Josh has been planning a trip to New Zealand for more adrenaline junkie behavior because he is a big thrill seeker. He also can't stop thinking about his night with Jules and goes to her with a proposition of them entering a friends with benefits agreement, minus the friends part, of course, to which Jules agrees. On a night out with the girls to celebrate the new place, Jules' ex-boyfriend Max comes to town looking for her. And he believes that she owes him a favor. As Max has been in jail for the last seven years, and we learn what happened in Ohio. This was hinted at in book two. And what happened was Jules got kicked out at 17. Her stepfather was sexually assaulting her. And Jules went to her mother about the incident. But Jules' mother believed the stepfather's versions of events that Jules was trying to seduce him. And Jules gets kicked out.
0: Terrible.
1: In Jules's adolescent years, her mom always saw her as competition, and they had a very toxic and abusive relationship. After Jules got kicked out, she got into a relationship with Max, who was an older guy, and he, got into her, and he got her into a life of conning. And one day, Max decides they're going to rob Jules's rich stepfather, and he takes the robbery too far by trying to steal a very valuable necklace in addition to the money in their home safe. This incident led to his arrest, and he blames Jules for his incarceration. Jules used her take of the money to get out of Ohio and start a new life for herself. Jules agrees to owing Max a favor, as he also has a sex tape of Jules, that's the blackmail, which he's using as leverage. Josh interrupts Jules' reunion with Max at the club and takes her to a storage closet where they bang it out. Through this sex pact, Josh and Jules have a lot of sex. A lot of it. And they actually start to build a friendship, get closer to each other and like learn to trust the other one. And oh my goodness, shocker, develop real feelings for each other.
0: Yeah, they're both kind of like, wow, the other isn't as bad as I originally
1: thought. Like they do have good qualities about them. And they learn this through getting naked with each other.
0: Sometimes it's the only way to do it. (laughs)
1: Jules winds up attending a work picnic with Josh, which was a real turning point in the feelings department. And now it's time for them to attend Bridget's wedding, and they continue to hook up at the hotel and almost get caught by Ava, the sister and best friend. On the bachelorette party night, Jules, Stella, and Ava get arrested after a man gropes Ava and Jules starts a bar fight. Josh and Alex... We're starting to mend their friendship when they get the phone call about the arrest. They bail the girls out of jail, and Jules covers for Ava about the incident, about the groping incident, not wanting to push Alex into murder mode.
0: Because he has a murder mode. Yes. So Jules is a good friend, taking one for the team to save everyone some...
1: Because everyone (sighs) thinks Jules is like the party girl who gets everyone into trouble, so it's not... A stretch for them to believe it's her right. fault.
0: And Jules is also, I feel like, the type of friend who would like fall on the sword to protect her other friends. So oh, even yeah. if it makes her look like the bad guy or the party girl or like the girl who doesn't have her shit together, she's fine with that. it. Yeah, it's more of a like a fa- like a facade. Mm-hmm. Like it's not real to the full extent of what people think. Yeah. Jules, before the wedding, finally confronts Josh about the incident that started their hate feud, and she leaves. During the ceremony, they are unable to keep their eyes off of each other. At the reception, Jules tries to take her mind off Josh and dances, flirts, and exchanges numbers with a famous and very hot soccer star. Josh gets very jealous and pulls her away and lets her know that she is his and he can end a man's life just as easily as he can save it. I'm pretty sure that was an actual line. Yeah, it was. (laughs) That he says to Jules. So back in D.C., Jules gets a phone call that her mother is dead. And she must return to Ohio to make the funeral arrangements. She calls Josh to inform him and he cancels his New Zealand trip, which he has been looking forward to like the whole book. Mm -hmm. It's something that he's always been talking about. And joins her in Ohio and helps with like everything. Josh learns of her past and the relationship with her mother and stepfather. Jules also finds out that her stepfather died in a house fire. That was like a mysterious kind of house fire.
1: Yeah, after it got exposed that he was like sleeping with the mayor's 16-year-old daughter or something like that.
0: Yeah, gross. Jules finally gets closure with her mother-daughter trauma, which encourages Josh to seek closure with his father, Michael. So... In book one, we learn that Michael is not Ava's biological dad, and he tried to kill Ava as Multiple a Multiple times. Yeah. And so he is now in jail. Alex kind of was the one who put him behind bars in book one. And Josh has not had any conversation with Michael. Michael's been writing him for the past like three years or something like that. But he hasn't opened them. He hasn't gone and seen them. So a lot yeah. of daddy issues.
1: Rightfully so, because his so. dad was a piece of shit. Other than trying to kill his sister multiple times, he did other things, too. Yeah. But that's,
0: that's the big one. Like, he's kind of a sociopath, psychopath, for sure. So Josh and Jules are officially dating, but are keeping it a secret, a secret still. They go on a first date, and after Josh goes to a basketball game with Alex, who calls him out that he is dating someone, you really can't get much by like Alex. He's mm. very perceptive. Josh confronts his father in prison... Michael is still an asshole and has only been writing letters to Josh to get him to agree to be a drug mule for him in prison since Josh is a doctor and can have and has easy access to pills. Josh is finally able to let him go and sever ties with his dad. Max has been casually texting and taunting Jules for a while through this up until this point, and he is ready to call in his favor. The favor Max requests for Jules is for her to steal a priceless painting which happens to be the very ugly ass painting in Josh's house that everyone hates. Jules does end up stealing the painting along with some other items to make this look like a break-in. Then she enlists the help of Christian Harper, who is the owner of the security company, and her landlord to assist her with removing the sex tape from existence. Christian agrees to help Jules and wipes the tape and Max is no longer a threat to Jules and she also takes possession of the painting back. Since the blackmail is gone, Jules decides to come clean to Josh about everything and returns the painting and stolen items. So even throughout this, like leading up to the point where she's like has to steal this painting, she really is dreading it. She doesn't want to do it. She's trying to figure out a way to get around it. She really doesn't see it uh, like a way around it without Confiding in Josh And kind of like Telling him about this Like sex tape And like You don't want to tell Your current boyfriend this. And also
1: that like You know her ex-boyfriend She used to do like Con jobs with
0: Right like that she was a thief yeah. And like Yeah And I mean like Max went away f- to jail For like seven years Because he was caught On their last heist yeah.
1: And Jules isn't used to like People taking her side Or picking her And so she's just afraid If she's like Honest about this That she's gonna lose him Right It Josh. Yeah.
0: So after her confession, Josh tells her that he forgives her, aggressively fucks Jules' mouth, and tells her that he lied about forgiving her and kicks her out of his house after they, like, have sex. And, like, this is kind of what Jules was expecting. Because that's kind of the behavior that she's had with men in the past.
1: Mm -hmm. And even her her mom, too.
0: Yeah. So Jules, who is heartbroken, has to still take her bar exam and after testing day one she gets confronted by max in the stairwell and he viciously attacks her and she winds up in the er and josh is her doctor even though josh is feeling hurt and betrayed by Jules, he cannot stomach the fact that she is hurt and demands to know who did this to her and she tells him it was max josh then asks alex to find max for him which he does and they pay him a visit where Josh almost beats him to death at Alex's like torture house because he has one of those. So Alex confronts Josh about what they just did, almost beating a man to death, for a woman that Josh is supposed to hate. So Alex has questions. He's confused. though so. He winds up getting a confession from Josh about his relationship with Jules and everything that has happened. Alex informs Josh that he fucked up. And makes him realize, yes, Jules was in the wrong, but she willingly told him the truth about the situation when she could have just continued the lie and it would have never been found out. And then he also asked Josh, being like, she was afraid of how you were going to react to the truth about her past and the deal with Max. And when you found out, how did you react? The exact way that she thought he was going to.
1: That she feared and why she kept it. Yeah. So
0: Alex is really being the voice of reason, being like, maybe you kind of hurt her just as much as she hurt you. And you need to make amends if you still like like this girl. Yay
1: character growth from Alex.
0: Yeah, for sure. I love to see it. Alex makes Josh think about why she would tell him the truth if she could have gotten away with the lie. And he sees that Jules does have true, genuine feelings for him. Josh tries to win Jules by apologizing and letting her know he will do whatever it takes to win her back. And she lets him know that she just needs time. So after 12 days of being apart, Jules agrees to meet up with Asher Donovan, that sexy hot soccer player from the wedding who's in D.C. visiting. Josh infiltrates their date in a very jealous and possessive manner. Jules confronts him about this, which leads to their usual bants, them kissing, fucking, and forgiving each other. So now it's time to tell Ava they were in a relationship or are in a relationship. Alex asks Josh for his blessing slash permission to propose to Ava and for him to be his best man. So Ava also, she didn't take it that well. She was very shocked. I think that she thought that they were joking at first. Yeah. Because were, she's like, you guys hate each other? This makes no sense. She's like,
1: ah, good one. Really funny.
0: And then she also kind of joined the, you're sleeping with my brother, my best friend sleeping with my brother. My brother sleeping with my best friend. Yeah. For like a while. And we didn't know.
1: And then she pulls them like each aside and like has like a one on one talk with each of them. And then she's like, okay, this is fine.
0: Yeah. And it, it is pretty, it's resolved pretty quickly. But I did kind of a little hypocritical that Ava reacted the way she did because she literally did the exact same thing to Josh because she's mm-hmm. in a relationship with his best friend. And he called her out on that. And he did. And it's kind of like, yeah, Ava, you can't have your cake and eat it too, hun. Yeah. But it was a very quick kind of like rekindling of like, okay, it's fine. Like,
1: Ava got over it a lot faster than Josh got over Ava dating Alex. Yes.
0: But also with like the Alex situation, there's more than just Alex dating Ava yeah. into the background as to why their relationship, their friendship fell apart. If you're interested in that, go to book one. You can figure that out.
1: <laughs> we're
0: not here to spoil the whole series, okay? <laughs> I mean, we could,
1: but we're we not could. going to.
0: So it's time to catch up with the rest of the girls and, and inform them about the new Josh Jules relationship. To celebrate Jules taking the bar, Josh took her to New York City to see Legally Blonde the musical, which was really cute. And they were about to go to an art gallery exhibit at Christian Harper Friends' um, Dante Russo's home. And he did this because Dante is displaying a piece called Magda, which is the ugly-ass painting from Josh's room. So Josh, because he knew that people were coming after this painting... He didn't want anything to do with it, so he ended up selling it to Dante, and it's now in this, like, art exhibit in New York City. So then we have a epilogue, uh, which is a few months later, Jules gets her bar results back, and she passes. Four months later, Josh takes Jules to New Zealand with him, and they have this, like, really nice vacation. Like, the two of them, they go, like, bungee jumping, and it seems like they got there happily ever after. The end. The end. Okay, Alex, you told me that you had some questions for me. Yes. Kind of like we did in, um, I forget which book it was. Oh, The Ritual. Mm -hmm. The Ritual. I had questions for you,
1: and you have questions for me, so I'm very excited. Yeah, I have questions for you, especially because we've we've read this whole series now. We have. And then also questions about this particular book. So did you see the Ohio State? past stuff being what it was. Because there was a hint in book two when Reese ran background checks on all of the friends. He was like, oh, Jewel seems a little sketch, but that's her business. It doesn't actually influence Bridget's safety.
0: No, I didn't really see her being like a thief. I could like in the first chapter where she gets mugged and she's able to kind of take her attacker down. I'm like, okay, this girl has probably lived a tough life where she's had to defend herself. So I'm like, maybe she's been in some, like, sketchier situations. But I didn't see, like, the sex tape and the fact that that's, like, what they would use to, like, steal from people. No, I did not see that coming.
1: Me either. Yeah.
0: That was a good kind of uh,
1: (laughs) surprise. Yeah, because I went into this book being like,
0: my two questions
1: when I went into the book was, who's Magda? Because Magda also got... Um,
0: In book one and two is mentioned.
1: It's named in book two, but the painting itself does come up in book one, but we don't know the painting is
0: Magda Magda.
1: and we get that reveal here. So did you see Magda being the name of the stupid ass painting?
0: Absolutely not. I didn't see any of the painting plot point where that was what was going to like derail their relationship
1: and then the painting comes back in book four yeah so it's like this painting is like a character through all of these fucking books
0: it really is I think that like the painting is what unites all of these stories which is so ridiculous but it's like smart yeah because I would never I, I really didn't I thought that Magna was definitely a person
1: same And I thought Magda may have something to do with Ohio.
0: Right. And then, like, also I thought that, because in book two, Reese being a bodyguard, he helped Christian, like, secure Magda or something. So I was thinking, okay, they're in personal security. It's definitely, like, a person. But no, it's a painting. No, I did not see that coming.
1: All right. So since we have read all four of the books, who is your favorite couple?
0: Oh, I wish I had time to think about this. Um... I think it's a toss-up. I'm sorry, I can't. You know me. (laughs) I'm kind of tied. I think it is a toss-up between Bridget and Reese and Jules and Josh. I really, I think those are my two favorite books. Uh, And I I think that those two were my two favorite
1: characters Mm -hmm. and like couples. What about you? So I'm also going to pick two. Like my favorite actual like couples, like the romance just being so sweet and wonderful and just like,
0: Gives you all the feels.
1: Yeah. Would be Reese and Bridget. Yep. But sexy time-wise, Josh and and Josh.
0: (laughs) Josh and Josh. Woo! Anna really stepped up the smut game in this third book. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah.
1: Which book was your favorite out of the four?
0: This one. Twisted Hate. I think it was because, don't get me wrong, I love a good slow burn. All of the other three books in the series are slow burns. And I liked that this one kind of cut to the chase a little quicker. Yeah. And I like the enemies to lovers trope and theme. So like that's really like my cup of tea. Like that is chef's kiss what I'm looking for. What about you? I think I know what you're going to say. It's
1: this one. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, slight spoiler for what our letter is probably going to be.
0: Yeah. And so originally when this book was recommended to us by Tatum, she just said this series. So then we asked her, which book would you want us to do? And this is the one she told us. And I'm very glad. Like, I'm glad that we're on the same page because yeah. I definitely think book three is the best book of the series. So same. thank you, Tatum. Yes. Thank you.
1: You're amazing. Give us more Rex because I probably wouldn't have read this series no, without you. neither. But I really liked it, so (laughs) win-win. All right, if you had to become a character from this book, like from the series, which one would you want to be?
0: So I feel like the obvious one is like Bridget because she's a freaking princess slash queen. But I think I would rather, I think I would want to be Jules. I think that she's like super independent. She also is like that, I don't need no man. Like she's very capable on her own. Yeah, she had a harder, like, childhood, and, like, that trauma sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, I wouldn't mind looking like Jules because, like, she's, like, petite, redheaded, very curvy. Like, yeah, like, I definitely would, I think, choo- choose Jules.
1: Same. I, I would want to be Jules. Yeah. I don't want to be Ava.
0: No, she tries to get killed multiple times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't really want to be Bridget because I don't want to become queen of a country. Like, sorry. Don't want that responsibility. No, thank you. Even though
0: Reese, as and, a male lead, kind of did it for me too. Like, he's my cup of tea right. for like a male book character. And I don't
1: really want to be Stella. Stella wouldn't be that bad of a choice, but... No offense. Stella was the most boring. Yeah, she was the least interesting of yeah. all of the yeah. girls. I mean... I enjoyed her, but it just wasn't... Just not as much. yeah. But she's so cool. Yeah. So then that, um, you've kind of answered the next question I have. Which guy would you pick?
0: Yeah, I think I would choose like Reese. Because like the smutty scenes with like him and Bridget were very on brand. Like, woo. But also like
1: something about Josh too. Like I wouldn't be mad. Would you get into a wide choose situation with all four of the men? A what? A why choose like a reverse harem.
0: Oh, Yes. Give me all of these men. Like, two of them are billionaires. One of them is, like, super dangerous because he was, like, an ex-military bodyguard, like, can protect me. And then one's a doctor. Okay. Sure. Become part of my harem. (laughs)
1: Welcome. But your overall choice, who's your number one? Probably Reese. Why are we the same person today?
0: (laughs) You're going Reese, too? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Are we predictable? (laughs) Are we basic? We're like, normally not this in sync about things. No, we're
0: really not. This book has really made us align on a lot of things. Right. Which I'm not mad at. We have good taste, so. <laughs> All
1: right. Since we t- we're just talking about our favorite men, let's jump into these sex scenes.
0: Oh, my gosh. There were so many good ones. So many to choose from. If you're looking for, like, a smutty book that actually does have good plot, I recommend this one. Like, this was fantastic. Yeah. So, my favorite sex scene would have to be the first one. The first time that they have sex after happy hour with coworkers. Because it was, like, it was pretty lengthy. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of different things kind of going on. And a lot of things that I like in my, like, smut reading. So, Josh and Jules are obviously arguing. Because at this point, they're still very much enemies. They have the truce. They have some common ground. Yeah, But, like, their band's... I mean, their hate bands never stop. That's like part of their foreplay.
1: And you even see it like as the series continues on. And something that was funny with this was like that numbers game that they were playing at the bar during happy hour. Like who could get the most phone numbers?
0: Yes. Yes. And Jules wins because she goes up on the like mic and goes, I'm looking for a rebound. Give me your number if you're interested. As Josh had just spent like an hour working in the room getting numbers. And yeah. he was like pissed about it. But she's like, we don't have rules. Like, what are you? And there's no rules. So obviously they're like arguing. And this leads to Josh kissing Jules. He kisses the way that he fights. Hard, rough, and explosive. They continue fighting and goading each other while tearing their clothes off at the same time. Josh demands Jules get on her hands and knees. And she replies with the make me. And this is another thing that I really like about Josh and Jules' dynamic is that Jules is... More submissive, but she's like a brat. Yes. And I love a bratty character. It's so entertaining
1: to read. Yes, brat dom dynamic. Here for it. Yes.
0: So she's kind of like, make me. And something that we learn out throughout this book is like, Josh is pretty dominant and like throws her around. Like, yes. Like she's like, make me. Oh, honey, he will make you. Sign me up. Yeah. So he winds her, he winds up making her beg. To be like to let her come, so he pretty much is like, y- I'm- "You're only going to come if you like beg, beg me. me for it, P- like plead for it." And obviously, like through that, it's kind of like, "Tell mm-hmm. me how
1: much you want me."
0: Yeah, and Jules is kind of like trying to hold out, but she's also like super into what is going on because Josh is also into like bondage. I can't remember in this scene if he ties her up, but yeah, like it's it's a lot going on. And to quote Jules after this first time sex capade, she says they had angry, toe curling, brain melting sex.
1: Yes, please.
0: Like who doesn't want that? Are you kidding?
1: Yeah, like that descriptor of of that. I was like, please sign me up. Can I get that? Yes. Every yes. day of my life, thank you. Yes.
0: So like <laughs> that first scene like started with a bang. It really set the tone for this couple.
1: And that was what, at like 30% in or yeah. something?
0: Yeah, which I'm not mad at. I no. was like, thank you that I didn't have to wait until 60, 70% of this <laughs> freaking book to get a full-on sex scene. But yeah, it was really good. So, so what, yeah, what's yours, Alex?
1: Yeah, so my favorite scene, I finally got something I've been wanting from a smutty romance <laughs> oh novel for a God. while. You have been like searching. <laughs> and <this>. I finally <laughs> got this. So I've been wanting a titty fuck scene. Cause you're like, why
0: aren't there more of those in romance books, yeah. like why?
1: Like since you got me back into reading and reading Smut, I've probably consumed about like a hundred books before I've gotten this scene. I know. And that's not an exaggeration. No, it isn't. I wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a hundred books to finally get the scene I
0: want. So tell us about this delicious scene.
1: All right, so Josh returns to Jules's house after seeing his dad in prison and cutting ties with his dad. So he proceeds to tie Jules up to the bed.
0: All fours. She's like a spread eagle, yep. arms above her head, legs spread. Yeah.
1: And he gets out her double-ended vibrator and uses it on her ass and clit. Dude, this scene was
0: so much. There was so much going so on. So much going
1: on. <laughs> He starts to edge her, like bringing her to almost climax orgasm and like- Pulling it away. Pulling it away. Then he titty fucks her and like comes all over her chest and- Face, probably. Yep. Face. As she's
0: still tied up. Yeah. He's like straddling her. Mm Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Because Jules is very well endowed. Yes. So we're told. (laughs) So he's been waiting for this moment. (laughs)
1: And I've been waiting for this <laughs> moment. <laughs> then he makes her take him in her mouth. Oh my god, and he like scoops up like his cum and like
0: feeds it to her uh-huh. as she's sucking his dick, making him harder again.
1: Like Yep. And then when he finishes again, he like makes her swallow all of him after he just like spoon fed her his
0: <laughs> Oh my gosh, I forgot about that piece.
1: And so then he's like, I think you deserve a, war- a reward for taking me down so well. And then he finally just, like, fucks her in the puss. This is very intense. This
0: is a very intense scene. I was, I was not expecting this when I got to it. And as I was continuing reading, I'm like, oh, my God, there is a lot going on here. Yeah. And I'm here for every single one of these things. Like, yes, this is fantastic. This is a really well done scene.
1: It was. Yeah. And then we also had sex in the club storage room, which leads to more sex back at Josh's house. Oral sex for Jules at the Thayer Psy library, which was fun because we've actually, we've also wanted like a sex scene like in a school library. Yeah. We got that. We did. Um, Sex in the hotel when they arrive for Bridget's wedding. And then
0: when they reconcile.
1: Yep. And then um, in the, we get a bonus scene.
0: Yeah, in the epilogue we also get a smutty scene. Yeah, which is nice. So, lots of sex. Yeah, and lots of variety. And something that I do like about Anna with this series is that all of the like smutty elements are very different from book to book, and mm. even within the books. Yeah, like Josh ties jewels up quite a bit, but it's always different. Yeah, it's never like super repetitive.
1: Yeah, each couple has a different sex style. Mhm. They're into different things even though like there may be some overlap, it's never repetitive or redundant.
0: Yeah, cuz like as Alex mentioned, we have read all four books and like even when I was on book 4, it wasn't like I was getting tired and being like I feel like I'm just reading the same stuff just different characters. So that's always a positive in my book. Yep. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to move right on to our loves and hates? Yes. Okay. So Obviously, my number one first love on my list is Jules and Josh's hate bands and toxicity. Like they're they're so toxic at the beginning and kind of even throughout. But I love the name of the or the use of nicknames as like like shots fired. Yeah. Because like Josh calls her Jessica Rabbit. JR. Or JR, because she kind of resembles Jessica Rabbit. And like she calls him Joshy. Which, like, he hates.
1: That was, like, Ava's kind of nickname for her brother.
0: And, like, only she can call him Joshy. But, like, obviously Jules
1: does it in a, like, more mocking way than, like, Ava does.
0: Yeah, but honestly, the, like, hate banter in this book was so good. Yes. It was so good.
1: Agreed. Um, Obviously, I I love that I finally got a a titty fuck scene. So I just have to reiterate that because I was just so happy.
0: Yeah. And like kind of touching on that, I had um, sex scenes were fantastic. Lots of diversity within the scenes. And it was rough. Mm -hmm. Like Josh is a rough. And it's so shocking because he's like a doctor. You wouldn't.
1: And he's like a good doctor because we got to see sides of how he. Treats his patients. Right.
0: And he does really care about his profession and stuff like that. But like then he's just like in the sack. It's like, who are you? Yeah. This is wild.
1: Here for it. Here for it. I loved the um, first date scene where Josh like sets up a bookstore scavenger hunt for Jules. Yeah. That was cute. And then they wind up having to like duck out of the restaurant when Alex and Ava show up because they're still trying to keep their relationship under wraps.
0: Yes, that was cute. I do like Alex and Josh reconciling and Alex asking for Josh's blessing towards the end of the book when he wants to propose to Ava. I did yep. like that they kind of were able to mend their friendship.
1: Same, that was one of my loves. Yeah. Um, I loved the scene of Josh and Jules telling Ava that they were in a relationship. <laughs> that was a good scene too. And I loved how Ava then like gives Josh a hard time, like don't hurt my friend. Yeah. Yeah. She kind
0: of gives him like that tough love
1: mm-hmm. more
0: so than Ava or sorry, more so than she gives Jules. Yeah. Cause like with Jules, I think it's more like you're my best friend. I like care about you. I don't want my
1: brother's like fuck boy ways because Josh was a fuck boy. Cause she's like, I know you've been through some things and I just like, are you sure he's the one for you? And when Jules is like, yeah, she's like, all right.
0: But then she's like, you hurt my friend. I will
1: kill you myself. Like <laughs> yeah. I loved it.
0: Yeah. It was great. I do really like Josh and Jules growth. As a couple and just as characters together and how their relationship develops, I thought it was a very natural kind of progression. It made sense in their progression and it, it didn't leave me like being like there's gaps missing or this isn't believable. Like it, it was very yeah realistic and I liked that.
1: And especially how then like Jules confronts him about the reason like their whole hate for each other started. Right. Also made it believable that they could then progress. And yeah. Had to address the elephant in the room.
0: I really liked Josh's possessiveness and how quick witted both him and Jules are. And it was just like, it was fun to read. Like that type of banter and that mm-hmm. type of dynamic is just like a fun read. And then I also loved when Josh beats Max up because, like, it shows, like, there is this kind of side to Josh. And, like, it shows that he really cares for Jules. Because this is even... This is after...
1: This is after they break up. Yeah,
0: like, they're not together anymore. And, like, but Josh couldn't stop himself from, like, retaliating. And it got to the point that Alex had to pull him away and be like, if you hit him anymore, like... You will kill him. He's going to die.
1: Yeah. I like how all of our men are um, a little psycho. (laughs) They're a
0: little psycho. Yes.
1: They're a little psycho and murdery. Yes.
0: What about... Did you like that Max ended up dying
1: at the end? Yes and no. Like, I'm not shocked, because obviously he was supposed to do this job about recovering, you know, the priceless painting, which then goes to, like, this super, like, rich billionaire dude who has tons of security and also is, like, kind of known for killing people who try to steal from him. Dante. Yeah. So it would kind of make sense that these... Whoever he was working Crime for, people right. who hired him failed his job. So you're going
0: you're gonna to die. I was kind of surprised when that scene, when they were sitting in like the bar or something and it was like on TV and it was mm-hmm. Max's picture that popped up being like he was found dead in a hotel room or something like that. And I was just like, oh shit. I wasn't expecting something heavy like that in the last like 5% of this book. Like it just, it took me by surprise a little bit. But like realistic like yeah, I should have.
1: You read a lot of mafia books. Right. You should know you fuck up a job. You're gonna die. But
0: he's also just like a side character. I don't know. I thought that he kind of would just go away, but it makes sense that
1: He did go away. Yeah permanently. Permanently. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what do you have for hates, Alex? So I hated how like the end and start of some of the chapters felt very forced and just like a little jarring. Like, for example, the Eldora wedding, then bam, we're back in DC and Jules' mom died. It was just like, whoa. It was just a lot like that jump. Yeah. This is a very jarring way to and, and something happy. Yeah. It's like, we're in Europe, we're at our bestie's wedding, we're a bridesmaid, having a great time. Having a great time. And then just like, bam, we're back in the States and our mom's dead. And like, that's ha- like, would be like within the first couple of sentences of that brand new chapter. It was right. just,
0: whoa. No, I feel that. I really hated Jules being dumb and not confiding in Josh about the painting. And then I also equally hated Josh for lashing out when Jules does tell him the truth. I told you this, that when I was reading this book, the chapter starts off with Jules's point of view. And it's like, I ended up stealing the painting. And then it like takes you through her. Another jarring thing. Right. And so like I had been reading pretty heavily that day. And I got to that point and like up until then, It was all very happy. Like, it was very heavy smut because these these couple were, like, in the peak of their, like, good kind of—
1: They were in their honeymoon phase. Yeah.
0: And so I got to that, and I, like, had to step away because I was like, I know that shit is going to, like, hit the fan from here on out. And I was like, I need to mentally prepare myself, and I kind of want to, like, soak in, like, the good before moving right into, like, the shit. And I'm glad I did because I was really—it hurt me to read— those few chapters yeah, because you're also getting the inside thoughts of these characters and you're like, I understand. Both of their point of views. But then I'm like, you guys just did the worst things possible. Yeah. Because Josh, Josh and Jules whole thing is like trust. And Josh feels like he hasn't had a lot of people in his life that he can trust or that have like backstabbed him. And then like with Jules doing that,
1: you know, he freaks out and then— It fed on his insecurity. So then he lashed out, and which is, like, my hate. I hated how he got revenge on Jules for lying yeah. by, like, fucking her and making her think that he was forgiving her. And then, like,
0: being very vicious and kicking her out and being yeah. like, we're fucking done.
1: And then, like, he, like, pulls her close where he's, like, going to kiss her and, like, whisper sweet nothing. So he's, then he's like, like, I lied.
0: Oh! Fucker, and it's like you knew, like I knew he didn't forgive her, like I, I knew it was coming, but like that, oh, ugh, I just was like, Josh, you son of a fucking bitch, bro. Clearly,
1: we're upset because we read this book what like a week ago, and we still have this visceral of a yes. reaction to it.
0: Oh my god! But also, I feel like as a female, this isn't something that is unheard of. No, it's <laughs> of not. Like guys doing so, it like.
1: I wanted to chop his dick off. Yeah, it kind of hit
0: me in the, you know, in the feels a little bit more than something else. But yeah, and I was just like, I was frustrated because by that point, if Jules had talked to Josh about it, he wouldn't have held anything against her and he would have helped her.
1: Yeah, because he did even say to her in the book, like, if you just asked me for the painting, I would have given it to you. I
0: would have given you anything. And she's like. And that hurt, too, because he's literally like, I would have given you everything, like anything that you ever wanted, like I would give you. And it's like, "Ah, Jules, you dumb bitch, you dumb
1: bitch. They were both dumb bitches.
0: But obviously with romance novels, everyone has to be
1: dumb (laughs) at some point.
0: You have to be dumb.
1: Oh, we're not going to have a book. Yeah, you have to have something.
0: I hated the Max and that sex tape plot line. I just did not like it. I didn't like how Jules was kind of like emotionally manipulated into that type of position because of she had just been kicked out. She was still a teenager. She's young. Max is a little bit older. He kind of took advantage of her like. For sure. You know? And when it was like revealed that it was a sex tape, I wasn't that surprised. But I didn't, I still didn't like it.
1: No. And it's like, he definitely could have ruined her career with releasing that. But then it also sucks because she is an attorney and that kind of stuff is illegal. Right.
0: And, like, her past isn't the best either. Like, she did steal from people stupid plans. Yeah, it's just
1: that whole sex tape thing just has, in real life, just has so many other ramifications and legalities and stuff. So it was kind of thrown in there a little haphazardly to, like, reality and what the consequences are.
0: Right. Right. My last hate, I hated Jules' past background, her childhood, and her mother. Her mother. For sure. The fact that once Jules started kind of coming into her looks, her mom was like this pageant queen growing up. She kind of felt like Jules ruined her life because the man kind of left her. Like, Jules' dad was never in the picture. But, like, she held it against Jules, and it was like a competition
1: of... Who's better looking? Yeah, with her post puberty child. Yeah. Because, like, before, you know, puberty and, Ju- and Jules grew into her looks or whatever, she kind of treated her like a little doll, like, yes. to play dress up with and, like, show off. And like, oh, like an accessory. Yeah. But then when she starts, you know, gets Getting through puberty older, and, yeah. like, comes into her own, then it's like, oh. You're
0: competition now.
1: Mm-hmm. And then You're also. You're a threat to me.
0: Yeah. And then also how, like, um it was briefly stated that they never had money because her mom was always spending it on, like, clothes and shopping and, like—
1: Botox and—
0: Things like that. And then it's, like, jewels would go days
1: without, like, real food.
0: Oh and, like, God. they would Ugh. get their
1: lights turned off and she'd have to, like, siphon power from a neighbor.
0: Right. Like, that just sucks. Like, that sucks. I hated that. But, okay, I think that those are all of our loves and hates.
1: Mm-hmm. So should we jump into our casting calls? Yes. I'm very excited about this casting, um, and I'm going to forewarn you, minds kind of chaotic. Same.
0: We did a lot of casting. We ended up casting Josh, Jules, and Max from this book, and then we casted the other three couples. So there's six other castings. Yep. So a total of nine castings, because why not?
1: All right. So my Jules, I'm casting Abigail Cohen. She's from... The Netflix show, Fate, A Wink Saga.
0: Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I could see her being a Jules, aesthetically. I like that casting. I kind of went with a more, um, you have to kind of use your imagination slash, like, de-age this actress. But for my Jules, I went Isla Fisher. Because, like, petite, redhead. And I really,
1: I just, I like her as an actress. And I could see her being, like, a Jules. Yeah, like, fiery. Yep. And funny, yeah. All right, my Josh is Yosun On. He's from the live action Mulan. Ooh, that's a good one. Like that. That's a good Josh. I went, Charles Melton from Riverdale. Yes, that's also a good pick.
0: That jawline
1: mm-hmm. of Char, like, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. And then my Max is Alexander Dryman from The Last Kingdom and American Horror Story Coven.
0: Ooh, he's a good Max. Okay, my guy actually looks very similar to that. I went with Alden Einrich. I forgot to write down what he's in. I can't remember. But he just gives me kind of bad, bad guy vibes. Yes. That aesthetic. But the, he, they do look very similar. Like they the same do. kind of coloring and stuff. I liked those picks. Me too. And I'm glad that we all had different people. Same. So. All right. Want
1: to move on to our other couples, starting with Ava? Yes. So our book one couple, Ava and Alex. So my Ava, I chose Jessie Maley from Shadow and Bone. Ooh, okay. That's a good one. I went, I did not choose an
0: actress. I chose a professional snowboarder, Chloe Kim. I thought that she fit the Ava description really, really well.
1: Alex? Who's your Alex? Okay, my Alex Vokov. This is where we, we start to get a little chaotic with my okay. casting. Um, I chose Val Shermovsky from Dancing with the Stars. Oh, yes. He gives me very much And he's Alex. Ukrainian, just yeah. like Alex is.
0: Oh, I like that. Okay, so I actually casted Jeremy Irvine as my Alex. I didn't write down what he's in either, but... He gives me kind of that, like, icy, like, yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't I'm know. I'm here for that. Yeah. Moving on to Bridget. Yep. Book two couple, Bridget and Reese. So my Bridget von Oshberg is Valentina Zerini. She's an Argentinian actress um, from a Spanish drama on Netflix, um, Elite and Cable Girls.
0: Okay. Ooh, very pretty. Yeah, she looks very, even that picture with the crown. Yeah. So I went Taylor Swift because Bridget's described as being like tall and Mm -hmm. like Taylor Swift kind of has like that regal, like I know she's not a princess or anything, but like her aesthetic and like her she's a music princess. Yeah. Her look just screamed very like Bridget. You're not wrong. Yeah.
1: So who is your Reese? My Reese Larson is Goncalo Texiera. He is a Portuguese model.
0: Ooh, ooh yeah. Yummy. He's definitely a good Reese. I went Joe Magdaleno, but like younger Joe. Cause now he's kind of a gray fox, which like I love. Here for that. Here for it. But like those abs, like Joe could be a bodyguard. Oh yeah. He's six five. Woo. And I think that him and Taylor Swift would kind of look like they would look pretty good together, I think. Not some of that. All right, moving on to our last couple. Who did you cast as Stella?
1: All right, my Stella Alonzo. I'm casting Raven Ross from Love is Blind, season three. That's
0: a good one. You did tell me about this because you were very excited. Yeah. She fits. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great choice. So I was with Stella a little torn on like what she actually looks like. Because I believe her dad is black and her mom is Asian. Yeah. So, like, I was... But it wasn't really, like, blatantly, like, kind of talked about what she looked like. So I kind of leaned more into her mom's side of her, like, look. And I casted Kimora Lee Simmons. She is a black, Korean, and Japanese model. She is older. So I would have to like back in the 90s, I think yeah. she would like have been the age of, of um, Stella. Stella. But like her, her look and like she's beautiful, oh, tall, yeah. willowy model and Stella is like a model. And I just like, I came across, I was like, oh, this is my Stella, like hands down.
1: Good choice. Thank you. And then lastly, we have Christian Harper and my pick for him is Adam Collard from Lo- Love Island, UK. <gasps>
0: Wow, that is a great Adam Collard is so good looking. Oh my God. He'd
1: be a great Christian.
0: He would be a great Christian.
1: Because he's a fuck boy, but yeah. he's like also like attractive and like could run in those like elite, highs, elite circles. circles.
0: Yeah. Ooh, that's good. So this is my controversial. I told Alex that I had a controversial casting. And I do want to forewarn you or like, you know, make it clear that I do not condone anything that this actor does in their personal life. I am solely basing this on aesthetic, on his look. I, I know he's a bad guy, <laughs> but aesthetically, Army Hammer, I could see as like, like a younger Army Hammer, like vibe for Christian. Aesthetically, yes. Uh, Don't condone what's going on in his his personal
1: life. But But that is a good aesthetic choice. Yes. And that's what we're here to do. Okay. Minus the, you know, assaulting women and eating them. (laughs) Well, he also does come from like money and like wealth. Crazy money and like shit upbringing. Not that it excuses his behavior at all. No. That's what therapy is for. But choose to be better. He did not. No.
0: All right, so those are our castings. If you want to see some visuals, head over to our Instagram, Emotions and Potions pod. It'll also be on our TikTok, Emotions and Potions pod. We'll also kind of be posting throughout the week. So check us out, follow, like, subscribe, whatever. DM us, recommendations. All the things, please. Let us know if you think our casting is shit or if
1: you like it. (laughs) Who would you pick? Yeah, who is your Who would you pick? All right, so now that we've casted it, it's time to give you a soundtrack. Oh my God, this playlist is so good not
0: to toot our own horns. But toot, toot, beep, beep. And I know that we say this for every episode, but I do feel like our playlists are freaking fire. Yeah,
1: and I think they just keep getting better and better. I do too. With like each episode.
0: I know, even though it's kind of getting harder and harder because you don't want to pick the same songs for every book. But like, that's the fun of it too, is like finding new music. Yeah. That incorporates themes and stuff. But yeah, this playlist was so good. It was really hard to choose just like five or six.
1: It was hard to narrow it down to like a select few because like we have like 70 plus on like the full shebang.
0: Yeah. So definitely check that out on Spotify. Emotions and Potions pod.
1: Links are everywhere. <laughs> yes.
0: So my first song, I went with Bodies by Bryce Fox. And this is um kind of like Josh and Jules prior to them getting together About, I took it as, like, them being, like, they have bodies in their closet. Like, they've racked up their numbers. They're very similar in that aspect. Like, they both have pasts, like, you know, with other people in, like, the sexual way. So, it's like, you know, they're a little, they get around. And that's the song.
1: Yeah, me too. And this is a great song. So, like, my overall song, to kind of sum up the whole book vibes, the vibes of Josh and Jules, And the progression of their relationship is not in the same way by five seconds of summer. Ooh,
0: that's good. I like that. So my like enemies theme song would be Fuck You by Silent Child. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Take a listen to that song and you'll agree.
1: (laughs) All right. Song pick for Jules's party girl theme song is Hot Mess by Cobra Starship.
0: Love that song. Love that song. I was
1: so happy you added that to the I playlist. know,
0: right? I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you picked that because I didn't. But that is a fantastic song to represent Jules. Like
1: in party girl mode. Yes.
0: My next category is the sex theme song for Jules and Josh. And that is Treat Me Like a Slut
1: by Kim Petras.
0: Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, that's the their whole The way they have vibe. sex.
1: Oh, yeah, d- definitely that? Yeah. Like uh-huh. Alright, so Josh's hype song to himself, for himself, by himself. Is calling Doctor Love by Kiss.
0: That's a good one.
1: Doctor Love. He's a doctor. And, and it's love. And just also like he has this very like egocentric, warped view of himself. Like he loves to hype himself oh, up.
0: He loves himself. He thinks he is hot.
1: He thinks he's Doctor Love. He does.
0: So, my next category is Jules's theme song going into the Friends with Benefits with Josh. And it's called Sucker by Ari Hicks. it's just like, you're a sucker because, like, I'm going to get what I'm here for, but, like, you're going to fall in love.
1: Like, yeah. you know, type of thing. All right, my next song pick is Josh and Jules's relationship and, like, sex vibes. Ooh, okay. Makeup by Ariana Grande.
0: I knew you are going to choose that one. I listened, I listened to this playlist on the way over here and that came on and I was like, if I, I feel like Alex is going to <laughs> pick this song for some reason. But it's really good. Yeah. Um, my next theme song is when Josh um, learns the truth about Jules' past and like the painting and it's always by Saliva. Mm-hmm. And... It's more, it's, like, the chorus is, like, I love you. I hate you. I can't get around you. I breathe you. I taste you. I can't live without you. And it's, like, that struggle of, like, knowing that you are so mad at that person and, like, you do hate them, but, like, at the same time, they're under your skin and you, like, fucking love them and you can't get enough of them. Fair. And I felt like that was very much Josh's emotions.
1: Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right. My next one is a song for, like, the favor Magda, Oops, I Have Feelings. Ooh, okay. Okay. A thief by Ansel Egort.
0: That's good. I like the theme and that song. Like that, that ties in really well. That's a good one. Oh my God, these are all so good. Okay, my last category is this theme song for Jules and Josh's like love story. And it's You by Charlotte Lawrence. And the chorus is loving you makes me hate you too. I know it could be anybody. It should be anybody, but it's you. That just, I feel like- That's a good one. Sums up their whole dynamic. Yep. And it is like a really sweet song. It's
1: nice. But yeah. All right. So I have a song for Max. Ooh. Cross My Heart, I Hope You Die (laughs) by Meg Smith. That's funny.
0: That's good for Max though. That's really good.
1: And then my last one is um, a song for when they're trying to reconcile. Never Be Like You by Flume featuring Kai.
0: That's a good song. Oh, and that with the category. Mm. Yes, Alex, we did it again. Do you like? How can we not have good playlists when these are the themes and songs that we are bringing
1: to the playlist? Exactly. And there's so many more.
0: And there's so many more. One of mine that I like really, I was thinking about including were two Panic at the Disco songs: "Nicotine" and "Death of a Bachelor." Yes. Both of those, like, there were just so many where I was like. I just, I want to choose them all.
1: Can I just sit here and just read you guys the playlist? (laughs) (laughs) We'd be here for an hour. I know. I mean, we're already here for an hour, but it would be another hour of just music.
0: But go check out our playlists, Emotions and Potions Pod. That's on Spotify. It really is great if you are reading this book or if you're going to read this book or if you have read this book to get some like musical inspiration.
1: Yeah. Set the tone. Yeah. They're great. So let's rate this book. All right. All right. What is your... Spice rating, my spice. I gave it a four
0: point seven out of five. I'm trying to be a little bit better this uh, this season because Alex always has issues with my spice ratings not being high enough. <laughs> 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 because I am desensitized <laughs> to everything. But yeah, this book was hot and. And there was like, like bondage and a lot like the vibrator and like the titty fuck. Like there was a lot of things that aren't standard. Yeah. So I will say that this is a pretty smutty book. So four, seven out of five. What did you
1: do? 4.5.
0: Okay. See, I rated higher. You did. Season one, turning over a new leaf.
1: You mean season two? (laughs)
0: Season two, turning over a new leaf. Yes. But yeah, high fours. Yeah. Okay. Overall, Alex, what did you overall rank this book? I gave it a nine. Me too. I gave it a nine out of ten. I thought that this one was the strongest. Mm -hmm. It was the book that I was most drawn into.
1: Yeah. I was hooked right away with it. I mean, I went into it with questions. Both my questions got answered. They didn't get answered too soon.
0: I liked the plots. I liked the kind of... Um, scenes that you see Josh and Jules like the ski trip and going to Bridget's wedding and Ohio. Yeah. there was like
1: a, a lot, lot of, of time. Plot. yeah,
0: it's like a lot of time and a lot of plot. Mm-hmm. and I liked those. There were some elements that I didn't like, but like that's normal. you're gonna you're not gonna like some things in romance books, yeah, but overall, I thought that it was really well written. and
1: yeah, it was a strong book. It was a very strong book.
0: So do you love it or do you hate it?
1: Oh, I love it.
0: Oh, yeah. Twisted Hate gets a total love letter from Ash.
1: And from Alex. For sure. Yeah. The whole series gets a love. Yeah, the whole series gets a love. I would, I would give the whole series a love. Like we said earlier in the questions thing, like this was our favorite book of the series, so it's going to get a fucking love. Yeah. And it introduced me to a new author, Anna Wong.
0: And then she also has the book. There's a different series. King of Wrath. Yeah, which is going to be Dante. Which he seems very interested because he has a fiance who, like, they don't seem like they get along. And it seems like there's some baggage and some shit there. And I'm like, ooh, I'm intrigued. So, yeah, it's like, it's introduced me now to a whole other series. I'm so here for it. Yeah, Anna Hong is yeah. really great. Really like her stuff.
1: Yeah, those are the first books I've read by her. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to see where.
0: Yeah. So it's, a, it's twisted hate. Gets a stamp of approval and a love letter from the
1: Emotions and Potions gals. And thank you again to Tatum for recommending this series and specifically us to cover this
0: book for the pod. Yeah, and let us know if there's any other books or series that you want us to cover. We
1: are here to provide content that you enjoy. And it's also nice to, you know, introduce us to new authors, new...
0: Yeah, Books, kind of new get, genres. Like, yeah, you get sucked down the rabbit hole where you're kind of only seeing certain things. Where sometimes you need some referrals. Yeah, to diversify and, our reading yeah. selection. Yeah, so let us know. You can message us on Instagram. We're on TikTok.
1: Or you know, leave comment review in the episodes on yeah. wherever you listen to this podcast.
0: Yeah, and we appreciate you sticking around and. Entering season two with us. It's going to be a ride. It is. 2023 about to be a good podcast book year. Let's get it. Yes. But until next time, this has been another episode
1: of Emotions and Potions. A love slash hate letter to I'm still your host, Alex.
0: And I'm still your host, Ashton.
1: So until next time. bye. Bye.